entitled The House of Morgan by Ron Chenno. Yes. Sounds like a Kali guy. <laughs> He's the same guy we read yesterday. Yes, the same guy from yesterday, from Titan. Yeah. So yes, as you said, The House of Morgan, and the subtitle here is An American Banking Dynasty and the Rise of Modern Finance, written mm. in 1919. Mm. So this book traces the history of the Morgan Banking Empire, while also giving mm. an insight into the birth of modern finance as we know it today. Yeah. Mm. So while most biographies into The House of Morgan, or J.P. Morgan himself, yeah. will focus on um, his death in 1913, mm. Cherno in this book really looks at the House of Morgan in its entirety yeah. from the mid 19th century all the way up until the early 1900s. So, mm. about so the family has existed for almost 150 years wow. in totality. Yeah. Yeah. So, the House of Morgan actually didn't begin with JP Morgan himself, mm. but actually began with his father. Mm. His name was Junius Morgan, Junius, mm. I'm yes. not so sure, <laughs> yes. in 1837. So, he actually worked for another man called George Peabody, who started this bank, and mm. then eventually they became partners. Mm. So, at this time, just for some context, the US was known as a creditor nation. Yes. So, they were heavily dependent on foreign investment for um, industrial development. Yes. And so, American banks had a lot of their HQs in the UK because that was was the best way to get close to money. Yeah, absolutely. And moreover, if we look at banking culture, mm. um, it was dictated by what the author coins, yeah. the gentle, gentleman's banker's code. Yeah. Mm. And according to this, bankers did not seek out clients. You didn't go out looking for people to give you money. Yes. Yeah. You actually waited for them to, to come, come to you. Oh, wow. um, they would only accept a client yeah. if another former banker had yeah. given no objection to do so. Yeah. And lastly, bankers did not advertise their services outside their doors. So you wouldn't walk by Barclays and <laughs> Say, this yeah, is Barclays. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what you find is that J.P. Morgan then joins his father um, in 1857 and they start banking together. Yes. But his father was representative of this gentleman's banker's code. He was mm. known very well and very respected as an honorable man. Yes. And it would be his son, J.P. Morgan, mm. who would earn the title of robber baron. Yes. We mentioned this yesterday, the yes. people who got their money through unethical means. Yes. But more importantly, um, J.P. reflected the growing importance of American financial power. Yes. So he played a very crucial role in the development and financing of a lot of American industrialization. And yeah. I think we'll talk yeah. about that, like the roads and the other big companies. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So just a few like tidbits. Yeah. By the 1900s, the J.P. Morgan Bank mm. had half of the railroads in the USA yes. under their control. Wow. You're saying half of a huge country like that. Yeah. And then there's this term called Morganization that was used to describe how J.P. Morgan yeah. would take over troubled businesses, yeah. reorganize them, that's why it was called Morganization, yes. and then he would make them profitable. Yes. And today, J.P. Morgan, the bank, is still one of the biggest banks in the world. Mm. I think it's the fourth biggest bank in the world and the biggest bank in the USA. Yeah. Mm. And adjusted for inflation, they say that J.P. Morgan would have been worth about $49 billion. Yes. Wow. You said today. that's not that much. Yeah, if I, we look I, at <laughs> I mean, yes, but again, he, uh, if he lived until now... Yeah, he, he would be very, he, very he'd wealthy. He'd probably be like Rockefeller. Exactly. Yeah. And one interesting thing is that unlike his contemporaries, the um, Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, yeah. he never deemed himself to be self-made. Yeah. He always admitted, you know, yeah. I came I through my family. Yeah. 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 So that's just a little bit about him. Absolutely. Yeah. This man was a Kigoya a bit here. Kigoya, <laughs> Kigoya is a scared person. <laughs> and I'm saying that because he refused to be drafted in the American uh, military when, yep. they were, when they were fighting. Self-preservation is okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> but, but you see, actually it was not, he was actually a, a very pragmatic person. Yeah. And what he actually did, so that he's not drafted in the military, he paid $300 for somebody else mm -hmm. to be actually drafted. But the reason they did that is because of this. The Morgans were scared that they would do, uh, do lose business during the times of war. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
them. Mm. Now they were actually trading in cotton mm. uh, with with Europe. And who was the main labor? Who are the main laborers in cotton in America? The slaves, yeah, African slaves. Mm. So he he was not doing it because of human needs. It, it, it was selfish gain. <laughs> but, I mean, he was a businessman. Yeah. yeah. But second thing I want to say this is because of this. Uh, James Mwangi, if James Mwangi reads the history of uh, J.P. Morgan, he would not be very happy. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying that is because of this. Morgan, uh, uh, J.P. Morgan bank employees were actually called, uh, they were actually, they were told that they had million dollar smiles. Yeah. <laughs> but they only had million dollar smiles because if you had uh, a, a million, million dollars, dollars in the account, that's when they gave you a smile. <laughs> and if you didn't have it, you were not like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, so and listen, yeah. and that's how James Mungi sort of disrupted a whole industry, mm. right? Abs he absolutely. looked to those people who Barclays would never take. Exactly. Standard Chartered mm -hmm. didn't give time of day. He absolutely. decided, you know what, I'm going to be I'm in the bank, bank for everybody. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And rightly so. Absolutely. But also the reason these people made it was because America at that time in the 1880s and 1890s what is what we had actually called today a night watchman state. Mm -hmm. and a night watchman state is that which provides security to its people, provides courts uh, so that it can protect people's properties. Mm -hmm. But that's, but that's just it. That's that's it. it. Yeah. And I'm saying that because they did not have a central bank. Yeah. Now, Morgan, JP Morgan and the other financiers, they were so wealthy that they actually bailed out the American federal government twice. Yeah. First in 1895, uh, where they actually gave the American federal government $60 million in cash mm. to save them from a recession. Mm. But the second one was the, the, the second bailout. Do you know they had a meeting? at these guys, uh, J.P. Morgan's uh, sitting room, mm -hmm. dining room, to actually agree what sector they are going to save. Yeah. And I sit down and I ask myself, these guys are actually, um, they, they had overtaken the state. They were yeah. probably more Private industry. The state. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, you know, I mean, some stuff shocking. Interesting things. Mm -hmm. So the more interesting things about him. Yeah. So Pierremont Morgan, was actually very into solitaire. Yes. Mm. So it was interesting to watch because uh, apparently he would um, during this bailout. Yeah. So they're all in the room. He gets fifty bankers and he says, "Listen, yeah. there's a panic going on. There's mm -hmm. going to be a run on the banks. Mm. How do we solve it?" Yeah. He puts them in the library and closes the, yes. the door. And he says, and "Figure he, it out. Figure it out." And he goes to play solitaire. So <laughs> he did this a lot when he was thinking about really crucial yes. uh, problems. Yeah. Like he, it was his way of sort of using procrastination yes. to free up other things yeah. in his mind and think of these solving mm. these problems Absolutely. and he came back and he actually was the reason why yeah. American economy decided that they needed a federal reserve system yes mm. so they were like it's Absolutely. too much to have one person have all this power yes. yeah. the summoning power of all these Absolutely. banks mm -hmm. and it sort of mirrored what happened in 2008 with the global financial crisis yeah when the Fed Reserve called yes. the big banks and said listen yeah. yes we're about to have a crisis, crisis. Mm -hmm. yes. how do we solve it Absolutely. how much is each of you bringing to the table yeah. Absolutely. right so it mirrored that kind of mm -hmm. um, yes, scenario. Yeah. The other thing is that he was actually behind the company that put together the guys who financed the Titanic in 1912. He oh, had that yeah. much money. He yeah. had that much money, right? Yeah. But people say that the Morgans never reached the level of wealth that the Rockefellers and the yes. Vanderbilts uh, did. did. However, he was instrumental in art and culture and really, you know, yes. collected these things. Absolutely. In fact, yeah. he was a collector of yachts, yeah. oh, right? Wow. And so his friends would ask him, yeah. oh my God, so how much does this cost? And he would respond and say, if you have to ask how much it costs, then yeah. you can't afford it. it. <laughs> so he was also full of braggadocio. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it was really interesting for me. It was very interesting to see how one person, yeah. um, growing up in the Gilded Age, and yeah. the Gilded Age is this period where there's a lot of political corruption, yes. financial misdealings and Absolutely. whatnot. But also and rapid growth in so many different 
industry. Exactly. And exactly. I think so much of this we were discussing mirrors the equity, as we're saying, that yeah. James Mwangi, yes. what he's doing. Yeah. This man is creating a corridor of banking and money access yes. throughout yeah. East Africa all the way down to South Africa. Exactly. Oh, yes. And I think it's so interesting to watch it. That's we might so be true. going through some of those, you know, those similar things. Absolutely. Game changing. Game changing. Yeah. That's right. so true. It, it, it is time that we have our own JP Morgan here. There you go. Absolutely. The House of Equity. JP Morgan once said, the first step towards getting somewhere is to is to decide that you are not going to stay where you are. Mm. So get moving, decide mm. where you're going and just Absolutely. And go. get that starry loan. Yes. Right? 